It is your Classic Metal Show right here on theclassicmetalshow.com. That is brand new music from Toxic Holocaust. The name of that tune is Black Out the Code. It is from the release Primal Future 2019. And on the line right now is a guy that's about to black out the code for us. It is the <laughs> one, the only. It is Mr. Joel Grind. Joel, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Sure, man. Well, Joel, I'm going to start off by by doing the ass kiss that I guess everybody does when they when they get music from you, man. This this record kicks ass, man. It is so good. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. It's the the one thing with the with this music, not not only from yourself, Joel, but from a lot of bands that are doing the thrash the th- thrash type of of music is that so few of them seem to get the production right and that's one thing i really not only with this record but pretty much throughout your career you have done is you you've really been able to capture that the live feel without it all of a sudden feeling sterile from a studio man and that's that's a tribute to you man well that's awesome to hear man i I appreciate it i put a lot of work into uh you know getting it to sound a certain way you know that doesn't necessarily mean hi-fi you know what i mean mm-hmm. it sometimes i it, it sounds a little bit murky like this new one kind of has like this reverby kind of like almost like in a well <laughs> kind of <laughs> quality but totally intentional you know i i think it fits the sound of the uh, you know the the writing and stuff for the music so that's a uh, that's something i put a lot of effort into is kind of um trying to set the the tone of the album through like the the timbres and instruments and sure. stuff like that so is it is it difficult to do that in today's world where everything is so so digitized to where it almost if you use any tool any modern tool it almost cleanses that raw <laughs> vibrant feel to the music it's it's true um that i think that's a that's a big factor in why you know 90% of metal records nowadays sound like cookie cutter mm-hmm. like sound the same you know same presets on the drums and same you know samples and stuff like that it's just i wanted to be as far removed that as from that as possible because that's just something that for me i my fit one of my favorite things about you know production from like you know 70s 80s you know even like some of the early 90s stuff is everything sounded different and it gives those records a certain character even even when it's a bad recording Mm -hmm. there's something you can remember about it because it's unique you know and and that's something that uh you know that I think is missing today. It's it, a lot of records sound exactly the same, and that that's something I, I did not want to do. No question. Well, Joel, um, for people that don't know, Toxic Holocaust is anything but a new band. You guys have been you as <laughs> at least the entity Toxic Holocaust is what twenty or almost twenty, right? Twenty years old, man. Yep. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> did did you ever think that you'd be still doing this twenty years later? I had no idea, man. When I started that, like my, my goal, you know, like I, I always take baby steps with, with the goals with what I do, you know, like mm-hmm. it's funny how, you know, that much time can pass and you don't really notice it, you know, because it's like so incremental sometimes like you just move on to the next thing and then you look back and like, wow, it's been 20 years. I, mm-hmm. I actually was doing an interview and, uh, someone mentioned that it was 20 years that I started the band and then I didn't even like realize it at the time. And I was like, Oh my God, that's crazy. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's funny how that can happen, but yeah, did not expect that when I started the band. No question. And, and talking about time, you know, just disappearing in chunks, 
Boy, it, it's been a long time since we had a had a release from you. You know, um, what has been six, seven years since uh, yeah, chemistry. Yeah, six years. You know that, dude. That's a long time for any band, man. Where where where'd you go? I guess. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was still continuing doing music. Uh, I was writing toxic music, but um, I was also uh, so I, I, a couple things, kind of a, a complicated explanation. But um, basically, I. You know, I started a, a recording studio that I record other bands with. I mix okay. bands and master bands, stuff like that. And that's something that when I started it, it was a huge undertaking to like, you know, I think anybody that tell you that starts their own business, you know, it's something that you got to put a lot of work into to build right. your, you know, client base and stuff like that. So that was, you know, that took some time. And, you know, I got to the point where I got really busy doing that because, which was a good thing. It's, that's, that's an awesome thing, problem to have. But what, what happened was, was basically like, you know, it was kind of hard starting your own business. It's kind of hard to say no to people that want to, you want to, want to work with you, you know, so time just kind of got away from me there. And also, um, you know, I was doing soundtrack work for like synth stuff and, um, I did a couple synth albums on death waltz and, and stuff like that. So I was, uh, still very active like musically, but just, um, you know, the toxic stuff. And, and also, you know, I was in between a record label too, you know, I, mm-hmm. you know, was on relapse and now I signed to E1, but at the time, you know, my contract was up through relapse. So, you know, kind of a perfect storm in a way, looking for a label, things like that. So yeah, a lot of stuff happened in between there, but yeah, definitely a long time for a band to not have a record. Okay. Now what, what does a label mean in 2020 versus, you know, what it meant before? I mean, do they, do they just front the recording costs or do they put you on the road or what, what, what does a label provide that you couldn't do for yourself at this point? Mainly. Um, I, I mean, I think this goes for any band really like any, I think any band can do it without a label nowadays. You know, I, I don't think that's an issue. My main thing was I really want to focus on working on the music myself um i don't really want to be packing orders for records and you know figuring out advertising things like that um just now because toxic is a little bit of a bigger band it would just take so much chunk of a time to do it that it made more sense to do a label to get all the distribution especially in europe and stuff like that like that 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 stuff is a little bit more complicated you know that's not just necessarily like selling your records locally or whatever or doing stuff online it's like selling physical copies and moving units and stuff like that that's a little bit more undertaking you know Mm -hmm. so that that i think that's where a label kind of helps out there um you know the the money helps but honestly i recorded it myself so that wasn't really the issue about it it was more about getting the you know getting the stuff out there you know and that that's that's something that um, in the past, I kind of had uh, trouble getting the records in bands, you know, or fans' hands in in Europe. So that was something that I, I was very conscious of. That where, wherever I went with whatever label I went with, that that could get the stuff out to the fans because that's the most important thing to me. I don't want our fans paying a bunch of money on eBay and you know on uh, mm-hmm. discogs and stuff for our records. You know, it's just not something that you know I think is cool. You know, like if people want the records, I think they should be able to get them. Sure. Now. No secret for anybody that's heard the new record. It sounds like you're a user of technology that kind of hates technology. Is that fair? <laughs> Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's something that, you know, it, it can both help and hurt. You know, it depends on the way you use it, I guess. Um, 
you see a lot of people addicted to their technology and, you know, I'm no different. Every, I think everybody is. And it's just, uh, it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's weird because, you know, like you see kids nowadays, like growing up with like, you know, they don't go outside anywhere. They have like an iPad and stuff and they play video games and shit like that. And that, that just can't be good for society in general, you know? And, you know, it's only going to get worse. So right. <laughs> it kind of ties a little bit into, uh, the, the record, you know? Sure. If you had your way, what would you, what would you get rid of? Would you get rid of the internet? Would you get rid of, would you put three phones in your house all spread out all across that ring <laughs> at once? Or, you know, what, what would you, what do you think is the worst piece of technology that's out there that, that you think we could actually go backwards with? I kind of just think that, you know, it, it less, less about the technology. I think the technology is great and I think it's very useful. I think it's the, you know, the people behind some of it that the reasons for certain things are kind of nefarious, you know, the, the spying and the, uh, the intentionally like, you know, the, uh, marketing to, and like the, the, the research on how to make it more addictive and stuff like that. That's, that's no different than like the, you know, the cigarette companies or something like trying to make their product more addictive. You know, it's, it's, sure. it's not, that's not healthy. I don't think, you know, to have people addicted to the the stuff and intentionally so you know i think i think using it as a tool it's great you know like it's awesome you can get email on your phone and check the internet and stuff like that sure but you know things like facebook and instagram and stuff like actually intentionally like looking to make it more addictive and and figuring out how to make it more hit those dopamine receptors and stuff like that and that's kind of i think that's i think that's the part i would probably get rid of is like the nefarious aspect of it sure you know, it, and it, the spying, of course, on you too, right. and all that, <laughs> exactly. listening at all times on your phone, right? To, you, to target ads to you. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not yeah. a world I really want to be living in. Yeah, it's it is really creepy when you when you go and you buy something online, and then you go to Facebook or whatever, and there's 15 ads for that same product. You know, or you like, do a search on like you know for something on Google or, or whatever. And it, yeah, there's yeah. like all the ads are, are about that, you know, or, or you say something to your friend about something mm-hmm. and then you see it. I mean, that's just, I mean, if that's not like the big brother thing that it was talked about, then I don't know what is, you know, that's that literally is, is listening to you at all times. Yeah, it definitely is. And you, you know what? Another thing is, man, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you're not. And, and before I bring this up, I'm going to say, this is not an attack on anybody that you've worked with. Other than mm-hmm. this is more bigger picture type thing. I think personally, aside from the obvious pitfalls that technology has had to the music business, I think the one thing that it has really done is let less than reputable people disguise their ability to steal from artists. Because yeah. you know, you guys go and say anything. You say, "Well, how many streams did I get?" And the answer is always, "Well, it's tough to say because there's so many." avenues of streams and youtube and right. you, know, you know and or when you guys try to get paid that's a whole nother thing it's well this kind of company it isn't paying their appropriate licensing or this or that and exactly. it, it makes it so much easier for these for those kinds of criminality to actually devalue what it is that you do yeah it, it sort of muddies the waters a little bit mm-hmm. like you don't really know where the money is coming from and you know the people that understand it, you know, you know, they can use it at their own, yeah. <laughs> for their own uh, way. You know what I mean? And the majority of people, 
myself included, it's like, it, it's so confusing. Like, you know, that I don't really understand a lot of the way the, uh, you know, the money's paid out and stuff like that for, you know, the online streams and all that stuff. It's, it's confusing. Yeah. Like yeah. if you read those like contracts and stuff, it's for like, uh, you know, like Spotify and things like mm-hmm. that. It's like really confusing. It's like, it turns into like fractions of, of cents and stuff. It's crazy. It, it, it really is. Now, you know, for, for a band like toxic to, to, like you said, you just signed a, a, a new deal for this record for, with, with E1. Do you have, do you have the option to not be streaming or to say, well, I don't want the whole record streaming. I only want like four songs online, like an EP. Do you have that option or is that strictly if you're going to sign with us, you're going to go by these, by our deal? I think it's a possibility you probably could. I mean, that that's something you would have to probably fight for, like during the, the contractual like mm-hmm. agreement phase, you know, like before you sign, but that's probably something you could do, but I don't really know why you would, because honestly, nowadays, like you're kind of just shooting yourself in the foot. If you Mm -hmm. do a record and don't do all those, those things, you know, honestly, like even if the, even if the money wasn't or, or isn't, I guess I should say, isn't as good as like a physical sale or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's still makes it available for people to listen to. And that is a good thing in my opinion. Because it's going to be on YouTube regardless. Someone's going to put it up on YouTube. Like, you know what I mean? You don't. You can't really stop that. So, uh, it's better that you yeah. have control of you know the way it's presented, and you know at least you can get a little bit of money for it. And you know it, it ends up on those like weird playlists that people discover your music and stuff. So, in my opinion, I think it's still a good thing, even though it's. I think you know you should get more money for what well, you yeah. know than what they actually pay. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you, man. Now, now, Joel, um, not nothing new to the Toxic Holocaust formula than having a brand new band to, to, to play on the record versus <laughs> versus the uh, the last record. What is it about that with you? Because you've changed several times, and I mean, there are there are obviously bands. Megadeth always comes to mind. I'm sure you've heard that reference a million times. That yeah. you know, it's Dave Mustaine and then all the other guys that he puts around. And it seems like Toxic is definitely that way for you. What is it about that for you? Does that help you with creative energy or do you, do you just not like to, to share the, you know, the creative piece with other people or what? Well, it's a weird thing because toxic is unique in the fact that unlike Megadeth, it started as a real, like a a full band, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's like a quote unquote real band, you know, like toxic started as a solo project. I, I did the first two albums by myself, you know, I played all the instruments and, you know, I came up with the name, came up with everything, you know, so it's it's, it's something that came at a necessity by where I grew up. I wasn't able to really find musicians to play with. So I kind of had to learn how to play stuff. And and then uh, I started it myself, you know, but that was I think that's what makes it a little bit unique. So I think having, you know, having that unique origin kind of explains why, you know, there's always like an evolving lineup and stuff like that. You know, and and unlike, you know, Megadeth, they have like a lot of the times they have falling outs with their ex-members and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, I have open door policy like I there's honestly like I I don't think there's one member that I've played with um, that I have, you know, ill things to say about or, you know, like a beef with or anything, you know, like they you know that to me like that it's they're always welcome to come back. And, you know, like I think it'd be cool to, 
you know, do a record with them again. You know, it's, 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 it's not like, you know, a situation where it's like, you know, this member leaves because of this situation. It's, it's mostly just like, you know, it's a discussion. Like, you know, I think this next one I'm going to do solo, like the early days, because going back to being 20 years now, um, you know, I did a record, you know, during that six year period where it was called yellow goat and I did it solo. It was a side project off of toxic and, you know, I did that solo and, and all the fans were saying, you should do another toxic record like this, like you did in the early days, stuff like that. And it was in the back of my mind and stuff like that. And then, you know, being 20 years, I was like, you know, that'd be a cool time period to kind of bring it back to the roots in a way, you know, and, and sure. do something again myself. So that that's that's kind of the, the long-winded version of, <laughs> of why there's always a <laughs> sure. evolving lineup. No question. Now... Joel, from from listening to not only the the new record, uh, which is Primal Future 2019, but uh, to listening basically to all of your stuff, you know, it's very clear to me anyway that you are not just slopping together lyrics. Your lyrics are definitely important to to you. You're you're definitely message driven, and I'm always curious with with especially with thrash bands if if you go into releasing it with an expectation that the audience tears it down and listens to the message and gets the message, or if you, if you are okay with the fact that a lot of people are just going to hear it, it's fast, it's furious, and they have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you know, honestly, both ways appeal to me. You okay. know, I, I, I try to make it, you know, a little bit more, have a little bit more depth to it with the lyrics, but it's something that like you can go also go to like a show and just have a good time and not really have to pay attention. Not everybody's like super, you know, in tune or, or cares about the lyrics, you know, like mm-hmm. that's just something that some people just don't care about it. And that's valid too. That's fine. If you, if, you know, if you're just a guitar player, you know, like, and you just like the riffs or whatever, you know, like you're more in, in that school of, you know, just like the music and riffs and stuff. That's cool. Or, you know, if you look further into the lyrics and stuff, that's cool too. You know, I, I try to give it, you know, a kind of a, like a total package kind of thing. No question. Well, Joel, uh, toxic Holocaust is going out on the road, on the road, big tour out, going out with Soulfly. Talk a little bit about that. That's going to, that's definitely going to put the band in front of a lot of eyes that are appropriate eyes to actually eyes and ears to actually hear you. I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, you know, Max, especially as somebody that, you know, growing up, I was a huge Sepultura fan, still am. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, hitting the road with them it's 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 an honor and it should be uh should be a great tour man we're hitting a lot of spots we haven't hit in years so playing a lot of places little pockets in canada that we haven't played in really long time so looking forward to seeing everybody up there and it should be a good one is there is there that competitive thing with you that you got to go out and absolutely push push Soulfly to their limit by by kicking kicking the room's ass or is that just like <laughs> standard I mean, I, I just try, you know, with, with the toxic stuff, I just try to do the best we can, you know, and mm-hmm. that's something that it's not a competitive thing between us and Soulfly. I just want to give the fans their money's worth, you know, I want to make sure everybody's having a good time when we play. And that's something that, you know, I'm sure Soulfly has the same mentality. I'm sure they're going to kick everyone's ass. So it'd be good. No question, man. Well, for now, people should definitely take a listen to the new release from Toxic Holocaust. It is called Primal Future 2019. Uh, Joel, um, as a tradition on the show, we always let, let the artist pick a closing track from the 
from the new release. Maybe tell us a story about it. So what would you like us to play to wrap this one up? Huh. Let's uh, maybe uh, New World Beyond. That might be a good one. We're doing a video for that one soon, okay. so might get some traction on that. Um, that one is kind of more like a, kind of like a, a you know a Mad Maxy kind of you know that, that would take place after the world has like a like a catastrophic event has happened and you're kind of out searching for like your survival needs like water and food and things like that. So that's kind of what that tune is about. That sets the <laughs> sets the stage for that one. Very and cool. uh, yeah, look for the new video soon. That'll be out. That'll be out probably. Uh, I don't know, a week or two. So. All right. Well, definitely we'll be looking for that. But for now, we'll just give them the musical side of it. So check it out. It is New World Beyond. It is Toxic Holocaust right here on your classic metal show. <laughs> 